Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. They always say it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're playing baseball, football, basketball, soccer, hockey, pro sports. If, you're, if your best player is your hardest worker, shame on everybody else if they can't follow suit. And we had it in Edmonton with Wayne. Um, and the current day boys are having it right now with Connor. And, I mean, it's very contagious. Look at Leon. Every single night, um, Nursey stepped in came up huge. You know, Duncan's, uh, Duncan Keith has solidified the back end, kept it calmer. And it, but, but getting back to Connor, I mean, I, you know, people always ask me the difference between the lease and the Oilers because I live here in Toronto. I'm always careful. But the intangible is Connor McDavid. I don't think Connor has any interest in being Connor McDavid. He wants to be Connor McDavid, the champion. The best player in the league, and that's what uh, that's what he's all about. You know, you touched earlier. I had a chance to watch him as a kid playing in Toronto, and he had he had zero interest in having an average night. He wanted to be the best player he could be every single night. And uh, again, with the current day team, it's very contagious, and it's it's real nice to watch. All right, that's uh, Hall of Famer Paul Coffey on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. Wayne Gretzky joined us today on Oilers Now. Mark Messier will join us tomorrow on Oilers Now. This is obviously uh, Hall of Fame Champions Week. Kevin Lowe's jersey uh, being retired here at Edmonton Friday when the Oilers play the Rangers. they got a game against the Predators tonight, and we have our regular Wednesday contributor to the show as we head out to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. From the NHL Network, we are joined by Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. That is quite a lineup. I am officially intimidated. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I know you subscribe to the same theory about having your, you know, when your best player is driving it, and uh, Wayne is always, you know Wayne, he's always quick to point out the contributions of others, but at the end of the day, they were practicing and playing against Wayne Gretzky on a day-by-day basis when he was, you know, years ahead of his time in many regards. This is something that Peter Zosky wrote about in the game of our lives, osmosis. Everybody else improved because of the standards that they had set in practice and how competitive things were. And we're starting to see that. And that's why I never bet against Darnell Nurse to be a player because I knew how hard he worked and I knew who he was going up against and maybe why Drysaddle's exceeded expectations. Do you buy that? Do you, do you think there's something to that? Because the Oilers did get a gift from the gods and Connor McDavid? I do. I do 100%. And the only thing I might say I differ with is, uh, and I love Koff, he's a great guy, and he was a great player, and he's a friend. Um, I'm not sure if I'm expecting everybody else to match 
Connor's work ethic every day, but I'm expecting it to rub off on them and for them to find their best level. It's a small distinction, but it's an important one in my mind because not everybody's able to do what Connor or Wayne did. I mean, Wayne was never known as a guy that worked out. Wayne was known as a guy that when the season started and he came to practice, it was all out. And that wasn't something that was always attached with him early on in his career. That was something that people figured out as he'd go around the league and they'd watch a practice. And the Oilers were famous for a number of things, but one of them was uh, just their morning skates and the tempo that they would practice them at, but also the looseness that these guys would bring to it. Uh, it was impressive to watch. I can remember watching it as a 18-year-old player thinking, wow, look at these guys. They're on top of the world. I used to live by the motto, go hard in everything that you do. Okay? And that meant, you know what? Like when I worked, that meant when I wasn't working, <laughs> getting after it and going hard. And, and I survived it. But no, I and I'm sorry, I'm, because I'm going to transition this. I'm not sure... This era uh, it has to be so, I mean, we just, you know, you have to be so careful today, obviously. There's these things called phones, and they have little cameras attached to them, and you can't necessarily be, there was a famous book called Hellraisers about, uh, you know, four, four of the great actors, uh, I believe Oliver Reed, I'm trying to think of the name of Richard Burton and Oliver Reed and those guys, right? Like, and and those guys, the stuff they did. I mean, today you can't do that stuff. But you know where I'm going with this, right? Like, you know what? The better you perform, the more, the, the in many respects, the more you're you're able to have a little bit of fun and go with it. And maybe can you be looser as a result of the fact that you got your performance level the way it is? I think you can. Essentially, you're subscribing to the work hard, play hard theory yes. in everything you do. And, you know, certainly when I was a general manager and even an agent, I'm always looking for kids with that type of an attitude. And I, I personally, I'm not very good on TV. I work on TV for the NHL Network. But I work as hard as I can. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Those are things that you can take to other areas of your life, and they can really help you. For me, they've helped me to have a job working at NHL Network um, and, a, and a variety of other things in my life personally. So they're, they're great lessons. It's great. There's nothing better in the world when you're managing a team or you're coaching a team and your best player is your hardest worker, except for one other qualifier, and that is when they're your best people. And that's more important in, ever in today's world. And, boy, I hate to jinx Connor McDavid, but as far as I can tell from a distance, he is one of the best people on the club as well, and the players recognize that. And that is a standard that is incredibly difficult to match. It is also a value point that the city of Edmonton is very fortunate to have in their star and one of their star athletes. Leon Dreisaitl is a star in his own right. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has earned everything he's gotten, but osmosis has helped him to reach a higher level, in my opinion. We're joined by Brian Lott. Yeah, by the way, Brian, the book was Hellraisers, The Life and Inebriated Times of Richard Burton, Richard Harris, Peter O'Toole, and Oliver Reed. And it was Playboy who was quoted as saying a portrait of four profoundly flawed yet awesome leading men, as well as a window into a time when glamour was sacrosanct 
and when stardom was achieved rather than manufactured. Ooh. I think they're saying something about today's Hollywood, but uh, those guys, those guys defied work hard, play hard uh, to become the auteurs that they did. All right, so here you are working for the. By, and by the way, I think you're pretty good on TV, for the record. Okay, so, uh, but there you I'm are. Glad there's somebody. Part of me. I said I'm glad there's somebody. Oh come on, I, my, my heart, my heart is. I appreciate that. I'm, I know I'm not. Uh, there's just so many people that are so theatrical and much better than me. I work incredibly hard to provide detailed information. That's kind of my thing. I uh, know absolutely nobody like that myself. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's get let's get to it here. Um, do you when you're a manager? Do you worry? Uh, speaking of the off, just just as an aside, do you worry about off? Like the team got a uh, you know a couple days off in Vegas. Do you worry about sort of the return to play? Like they, now they got a couple practice days in before. Some teams had Halloween parties, as an example. Do you worry about that sort of stuff, or can you? If do you think it's more of a coaching concern than a management concern? Take us through that from your perspective. You're always worried about it. As a general manager, you know what happens is a lot of times you'll end up going to functions with the team uh, around town, particularly, and you'll end up as the representative for the team. You're general manager. You're expected to get up there and speak. And you don't want it to ring hollow. I can remember back in, like, 2010, this was the era when Tiger Woods had gotten into a lot of, what do we call it, off-course trouble. Yes. Okay? And literally meeting with the players and saying, look, guys, it's a different world. You have to be more cautious of what you say, what you do. And I literally launched into a 10-minute diatribe on, you know, welcome to the tech age, where there are phones everywhere you go, where people, uh, you know, if you send something to somebody, it lives forever. You may go home and delete it. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your life, like you can't sit there and treat the players like they're 12 years old. But you can always continue to educate them. And I felt like that was a part of my role as general manager, was to make sure the players were educated, aware of their surroundings, ultimately to try to eliminate distractions and excuses so that they could do one thing. And that one thing, of course, is take responsibility for the wins and losses because they are the guys that are playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian, we'd be remiss. This is our Hall of Fame week. Kevin Lowe's jersey uh, goes up into the rafters here at Rogers Place. Uh, you had experience dealing with them as an agent. Well, as a player, you played against them. As an agent, you negotiated with and against them at times. And as a general manager, when Kevin was president, uh, when Steve Tambellini was the GM here, he still would have dealt with Kevin. So you had lots of ties in. Just uh, a quick thought uh, on on Kevin Lowe. Uh, easy to summarize, Kevin. Very fiery, very passionate, a true gentleman. And I could relate a number of stories to the list. There's things that, yes, we had negotiations that were often difficult. We had free agents sometimes that maybe the club wanted to sign and didn't sign there. And Kevin would express himself in a very communicative way that I always had respect for him. But the thing that really stands out for me is I can remember being in Denver with my son. I took him to the NCAA Final Four 
was in Denver. Kevin was there and worked with the Oilers. I just remember him coming over and spending half an hour with my son. That, to me, showed me who Kevin is. He's just a gentleman. He didn't have to do that. You're busy at these things. He was running the club at that point, and uh, to this day, my son brings it up all the time. I think that really speaks to his character. That's something that's off camera, so to speak. That's yeah. something that is just who he is. And I've always appreciated that about Kevin, and I've always liked him because of not just that story, but many others just like it. Well, one, you know, I, I certainly had some physical, uh, philosophical at times disagreements more with Mac T than with Kevin. I kind of felt like Kevin's hands were tied a lot of the time that he was GM, certainly until he, you know, he got back for the 05 06 season. But for the first four years that he was general manager, the orders were taking a pocket knife into a gunfight when it came to, you know, the acquisition of free agents and who they could sign they ended up having to trade away, you know, Doug Waite. Kevin traded away Bill Guerin and Doug Waite because he had to, because Edmonton couldn't sign those guys. I always thought he did a real good job, and with Mac T, though I didn't always philosophically agree with his approach at times to coaching, the thing I admired about both those guys as well, Brian, is they committed to the community here, right? Like, they have lived here the entire time. The amount of business people that have stories like yours, Brian, talking about the extra time that both guys spent uh, you know, supporting their families often, and, and we're not talking like not all these guys were close personal friends of either Lower McTavish, and I think that speaks volumes when people like that commit to your city. No, it does, and you know, it's so easy. Not that you're not a kind person, but these jobs are so encompassing that it's easy to not do that stuff. I feel like those guys will talk the talk and walk the walk always. Never had a problem with that. And I can't say that about everybody. And I don't say nice things about everybody. It's not my, it's just not my nature. I say what I believe. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Do you think, okay, now I'm going to put a couple uh, softballs for you to crush here. Do you think Jack Heichel's actually going to get traded anytime soon? You know, last week there was a little bit of a crescendo on it where I actually thought it was pretty close. That seems to have died down. So about last Thursday, so almost a week ago, I felt like uh, there was just a lot of buzz out there. Uh, I I believe it was going to happen. Personally, I was a little bit shocked, not because Jack's not a good player, but because he can't play right away. You know, so you look at Vegas, and they're dying on the vine. Players are dropping left, right, and center for them. Carlson, the latest, Stone, Pacioretty, Tuck. That's a lot of quality forwards to lose. Wouldn't it be great to drop a guy like Jack Eichel in? Sure it would, except he can't play right now. And that right there in itself is enough to force a team. I'm not saying Vegas was going to trade for him. That would force them to move on. And you have to think that, like I had in my mind thinking, oh, my gosh, would L.A., now that they lost Drew Doughty, be a potential, maybe a team that maybe it's not quite their year with the injuries they've had on D. Maybe they'll have to wait another year. Maybe they could make a good deal, get a guy like that, and bounce back next year. In my mind, that's how I thought it would go down so far uh, in what I was hearing last week. That was not the case. It was somebody that appears to believe that they could have him by the end of the year playing in the playoffs. That's remarkable to me because this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately trade, and the last thing an owner wants to hear is we just traded X, Y, and Z 
and we hope to have them back for the playoffs. 77 goals out for Vegas from last year's team between Pacioretty, Stone, Carlson, and Tuck. Tuck's really an underrated player. They're, I'm hearing they're not sure on how long Stone's going to be out for. Like, it might be a while. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm hearing it might be, like, I thought it might be just a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. They didn't really specify. Now I'm hearing it might be longer than that. Any Anything on your end? Hearing the, not the exact same thing, but similar things because it was thrown at me. Well, they could just use his LTI. What's the big deal? Well, you do have to true up your cap at some point right. for everybody on your roster. So it's not that easy. But again, it comes back to the same premise that I said earlier. He's not coming to play for you right now. Why don't we look for somebody else? Why don't we at least start with the teams that are having a horrific start that literally will be out of this thing if they don't pick it up immediately. We could say Montreal. We could say Arizona. We could probably focus even on other teams that have guys that could help them right away. That seems like it would be a more logical path for a team like Vegas to go. Uh, And yet, nothing's happened. It's a little early, so it's hard to make those deals because nobody wants to admit they're not going to be in the big dance this year, but that's the way it goes. So time will answer that one. I was just surprised at the crescendo last week that we were hearing on Jack Eichel. All right. And one final one for Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started Octagon's player agency, number one pick, 1983 NHL draft. Brian, uh, you're wild prediction was that the Edmonton Oilers would win the Stanley Cup. I forget the context of how it was done, but you had to make one off the board sort of prediction. Are you, the Oilers are plus 11 in goal differential on special teams. Are you concerned at all about Edmonton's 5e5 play, especially in their third and fourth lines? No. I mean, I think your question is, how do I feel about that prediction? I, I feel good I believe that they'll need to make a couple adjustments to climb the mountain. And I think they got a perfect guy leading the ship, quite frankly, to do that. Uh, they got a really good coach and a really good general manager that are in sync, that communicate a lot. And I think they are already doing their jobs like they're supposed to be, monitoring how the team's playing now. But everybody's always thinking about what do we need to do to win the cup? couple of adjustments. If we asked the fans out there, they'd come up with a hundred different adjustments. It's up to Ken and Dave to come up with probably one or two. Um, I, I can't tell you what they are right now. I have some ideas, but I think that that'll reveal itself as the season goes on if they continue to have the success that they've had. Brian, great stuff. Appreciate the time. We'll touch base next week. Awesome, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, that is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Russ has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I didn't get a chance to tip my hat on your prediction Monday afternoon regarding Yamamoto scoring his first of the season. Well done. That one comes to us from Russ. Well, there were two predictions. The other one was that the Oilers would have at least one game this week at home between the three that they played where they'd score six goals plus, six or more. They were due. And the one line that's really due is McDavid, Hyman, and Pulley-Arvey. I mean, McDavid had two great games in a row against Philadelphia and Vancouver. Thatcher Demko was brilliant. 
and Hyman and Pugliarvi have gone a little quiet here for a couple games. They're due to break out, just as Drysaddle did, and man, Drysaddle, 2-2-4, two, two, second time this season. He's had four points in one game, and eight goals and ten points in three games against Nashville two seasons ago. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 till 10 p.m. When we get back... This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Uh, we'll get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing and the Oilers Now Injury Report. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. Zach Cassian scored twice last season. He's already got three goals in the Oilers' first eight games this year. That line of Ryan Fogle and Cassian has combined for six goals so far. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott, with you. You already know that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin at 12:56 in Edmonton, but did you know that Brent Ridge Ford of Wetaskiwin, ten-time President's Diamond Award winners for customer satisfaction? What does that mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, and making sure advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes, with the exception of GST. If those attributes are important to you, phone your friends, our friends. They'll soon be your friends. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. At Brent Ridge Ford, one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. As we go to NHL Today, which is presented daily by Drew Shamahorn and the staff at Elite Promotional Marketing, company-branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Just three other games in the NHL tonight, uh, but no other Canadian content. Uh, Oilers will be on the radio. 6.30 puck drop. Jack and Bob have the call tonight. Our coverage on Chad starts at 5. The Predators will retire Pekka Rene's number 35 on uh, February 24th when Dallas comes to town. He spent 15 years in Nashville and owns basically all of their goaltending records along with having set several for Finnish goaltenders. Not bad for an 8th rounder in 2004. P.K. Subban has been fined $15,000 this time for a dangerous trip on Trevor Zegris. Remember, he already paid $5,000 for the same thing on Milan Lucic a week or so ago. Bakersfield will visit the Gulls in San Diego this Friday. Dylan Gunther registered his 100th uh, career point in a 7-0 Oil Kings win over Lethbridge at home last night. Sebastian Cosa's 10th career shutout have put uh, Edmonton back atop the Central Division. They get a pair against the Calgary Hitmen this weekend and the Golden Bears are off until Friday the 12th. They'll be down in Calgary as well. The Edmonton Oil Kings uh, will be making an announcement shortly on a trade uh, and it's a good one for Edmonton. Uh, They're going to be 
pulling a prospect out of another organization, uh, a guy that's going to be able to step in and play. It's not a blockbuster deal, but it's certainly a subtle deal for the future. Uh, future. It's going to get announced here uh, very shortly. Oil Kings uh, waiting on Jake Neighbors and sitting there with three. Uh, the trade does not involve one of their three first-rounders that they have this year, which is in December of 21 or in May of 22. They have two in tw- uh, 21 and one in 22. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. As we go to... NHL, t- uh, let's no, let's do this. Let's go to our Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Very quickly, Mike Smith uh, closing in on a potential return, um, possibly against the New York Rangers on Friday. It is 12.59 in Edmonton. We'll go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Still to come on today's show, David Staples, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, and George LaRocque. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.